Welcome, listeners. It's time for another episode of the Slump Buster Fantasy Football Podcast. On today's episode, we are joined by a special guest, James from the Boda Boy Sports Podcast. On today's episode, James, Drew, and I break down if this is the perfect sell now time for Jalen Hurts and Dynasty, what you can expect from Dearness Johnson and Kula Herbert with the returns of David Montgomery and Nick Chubb, and who is Aaron Rodgers going to be throwing to on Thursday night? But before we get to that, folks, let's give a shout out to our partners. Caveman Coffee Co. Caveman is a fantastic single source, single origin goodness from a company with impeccable taste and ethics. The people behind it are beautiful souls and the coffee is delicious fuel for the never ending quest to do better, be better, love harder and enjoy deeper. Guys, I tell you, their nitro cold brew is the perfect blend of energy and refreshment in the morning. Great way to start the day. But why stop there? They have their mammoth blends, which I highly encourage you getting. They have their hibiscus teas, which are delicious. And guys, if you use our promo code SLUMP, you get 15% off your next purchase of any of these fantastic products. CavemanCoffeeCo.com, promo code SLUMP. Guys, don't be a chump. Use promo code SLUMP and get yourself a case today. All right, y'all. It's time for the episode. Juju Talk Sports, Boda Sports, Andrew Hagenbaum. Let's get it. Let's bust a slump and let's enjoy. Right, guys you know i realized just before we hit record here today that i'm entering the doghouse i'm entering with two browns fans as i got yeah. drew hagenbaugh our own ohio-based resident for the slump buster podcast and then james from the boda boys podcast a boston-based sports podcast with a browns fan at the helm of it guys i, I guess my first question to both of you here i just made a big time trade for nick chubb can i count on nick chubb to be that rb1 i need the rest of the season yeah oh 100 okay I traded him for a third round pick next year. So it will really bite me in the ass if this doesn't work out. So that calf better be 100%. And if it's not, I'm holding it against both of you guys. I'm going to say that internally in my mind, James, Drew, they backed this guy. Nick Chubb, all on you guys. Speaking of trades I've made in recent weeks, you know how I was bragging a couple weeks ago, Drew, how I traded for Patrick Mahomes? After this week oh, yeah. seven, I was not bragging as much. Who would have thought that Mike White or whoever the Jets – backup quarterback is would have more points in a fantasy week than Patrick Mahomes anyone concerned there I think it's valid to be concerned this is a Patrick Mahomes we've never seen Uh, and like to this point we've just seen stellar hall of fame certified Pat Mahomes this is bad and that concussion was bad he looked hammered yeah you know he did clear concussion protocol so that is the good news it looks like he'll be back and ready next week but i I was worried the more he might have snapped his neck that way that (laughs) knee just flew right into it and bent it straight back one of the things game talked about is why was he even still in that game because the tennessee titan just came out for blood they just absolutely decimated the chiefs early on in that game I, i was shocked by that result tennessee titans rest of the year drew uh do you think that this is a real super bowl contender we have on our hands I mean, if they continue to play like this, yeah, they could be a serious Super Bowl contender. I mean, they're playing very well as of late. Tannehill is starting to look a little bit better. Not as good as he was last year and the previous year beforehand, but he's looking a lot better than he did at least the first half of this season, at least starting out. So this offense is actually starting to look a little bit better. Julio still needs to step it up a lot, though. Now, I, I got to get to the point why I made it such an effort to get a member of the Boda crew on today's podcast. We're going streaking, boys. Slump Buster Podcast, three straight wins. What up, Boda? Five and one heading into it. What about the week? You guys didn't even crack 100. What happened? You want to do a little bit of Monday morning press conference here? (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, there was definitely a miscommunication between Zach and I. <laughs> I looked at it today and I was like, oh my God, there were so many zeros, so many bye weeks that we did not get adjusted. I thought he was going to do it. I think he thought I was going to do it and neither of us did it. So honestly, just bad management on that part. I'll take the responsibility for that one. You had to shit the bed. I guess it's the best way to just put it all together. <laughs> okay. Just managing like Matt Nagy for a week. Uh, Drew, he's definitely the anti-Matt Nagy guy, but Hopefully you bounce back. Hopefully you bounce back. It's been a very competitive caster league so far Mm -hmm. to this point. Obviously, you guys are up there. McConnell's up there. Drew, I saw you had a tough one with McConnell there. Any uh, Monday morning quarterback there for your matchup against McConnell as you came up just a little bit short against the Roto Bros? Listen, I'm doing my best, man. Like, I'm trying to run this team deep. But uh, no, like, we we had Baker, who was out, like, very last minute. We couldn't sneak in another quarterback at the very last second. So that really killed us, having no secondary quarterback. And I believe the Baltimore Ravens, we had their defense, and they also put up a dud. So we had two straight zeros on the board, and that didn't help us whatsoever. You could have started Mike White, man. I'm telling you. set Like, seven points right there. (laughs) Passing touchdown late in garbage time. But, yeah, okay, let's do this. Before we get officially into the quarterback position, as I do have two Browns fans here, give me a mm. price is right on Baker Mayfield's next contract after Case Keenum got you guys the win on Thursday. Drew, you want to start with this one? <laughs> I could start it on this one. So from at least from what I've heard all around the news in Cleveland, the, the main price is around the mid-30s mid 30 millions and i'm perfectly okay with that like from what i've heard maybe like a four or five year deal for maybe like 33 34 million would set the tone for the next few years james what about you where are you at with him does he deserve a 30 million contract i think so i mean there's obviously this level of we finally have a quarterback after like yeah having no stability at the position since bernie kosar i have a hard time with that like 35 number i feel like a little bit lower like you said like i think 33 sounds accurate i don't know how many years though and that's the big question mark i I think you would lock him for at least another two go from there and try to get another deal done i want to see more consistency and especially with this year you're going to see a little bit more of kind of what we saw earlier in his career where he has this hard time getting over mental slumps or busting a slump if you will um, and I think having the shoulder injury and worrying if this next sack is going to be the sack that like knocks him out. I don't think we can make a fair evaluation on him this year. I think you need at least another year, maybe two to make an evaluation. So I think you give him the contract, even franchise tag him next year, which I don't think we should do, but I think you got to at least pay him because he is a good quarterback and he's still a young quarterback. We're just also comparing him to people like Allen who are, had this crazy development and like Murray, who also had a crazy development and Jack. Jackson, who won a MVP. So it's hard to just realize that we have something good in a good young player who still needs some time to develop. I think us in kind of like the media space make a bigger deal of putting a quarterback on a franchise tag than others, because hell, if I'm a quarterback on a franchise tag, I'm with it. Give me that Kirk Cousins type style <laughs> deal where I get 30 million, 60 million over a two year span. I think it's worth it. If you're kind of like that middle tier quarterback, like Baker is where he's Am I good enough to be a Super Bowl MVP caliber quarterback? Maybe, maybe not. But you give me $60 million over two years, I think I could live with that. I, I think I could feed the kids with that kind of contract. Oh, yeah. So, let's talk about some guys <laughs> under center who um, fed some points into their fantasy owners lineups in week seven. So let's start off at the top here. Your number one fantasy quarterback for the week on a four point per passing touchdown scale was Matthew Stafford, 334 yards, three touchdowns. Had a couple yards in the ground, nothing big for Matthew Stafford there, but number one on the week. 
didn't crack 30s. That's an interesting thing for the quarterback position this week. No one cracked 30, but at number two, right behind him, 416 yards, three touchdowns, and INT from Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals as they advance to five and two. Tua, his name has come up in trade talks for the last week. Well, he contributed four touchdowns, had two picks, but good enough to be the third fantasy quarterback on the week. At four, Aaron Rodgers, 274 yards, three touchdowns, taking advantage of that Washington football team defense. Five, Tom Brady continuing the MVP campaign. Didn't need the extra touchdowns, but decided, ah, fuck the Bears. I own the Bears. Decided (laughs) to have 211 yards, four (laughs) touchdowns, as they absolutely blew out the doors in Chicago there. Uh, Jalen Hurts, guy never leaves the top 12. The problem is, who knows how much longer he's going to be in that Philadelphia Eagles starting lineup as Real-life quarterback status-wise, Jalen Hurts struggling. Fantasy quarterback-wise, Jalen Hurts dominating. 236 <laughs> yards, two touchdowns, 61 yards on the ground. Your quarterback, six on the week. Lamar, who is on bye week this week, should note the bye weeks. Uh, Lamar, 257 yards and a touchdown, 88 yards on the ground. Not an outstanding day, but the rushing production was good enough to keep him in the top seven. Mac Jones, uh, speaking of blowouts, I mean, what the Patriots did to the Jets was just insane. 370 yards, two touchdowns for Mac Jones, best rookie quarterback on the year so far to this point. Kyler Murray, not an amazing day like you would have expected against the Houston Texans. 261 yards, three touchdowns, INT, only 10 yards on the ground. Did take a big hit, so people were concerned about potentially an injury with him. Now keep an eye on that just because Kyler dealt with the injury last year and it ruined his fantasy production for the second half of 2020. Carson Wentz in a rainstorm in an atmospheric river that I had to deal with on Sunday Night Football. 150 yards, two touchdowns, fumble loss, which you could have argued was an interception, would have been his second interception on the year. Looked like one of the worst turnovers in the NFL history, honestly. Uh, 23 yards on the ground, also had a rushing touchdown on a little uh, read option keeper there. Taylor Heineke, mostly garbage time, 268 yards, a touchdown, interception, fumble loss, 95 yards on the ground. Wow, Taylor Heineke had 95 yards on the ground. What? What? Rushing quarterback Taylor Heineke. Guess I got to put that one in the notes there. Uh, and then Ryan Tannehill at 12, 270 yards, a touchdown, INT, six yards on the ground, and a rushing score. So that rounds out your top 12 for the week. I I guess the first one we should really jump into here is going to be Tua. Now, Tua had a good week against the Jaguars, had a good week against the Falcons. This week is going against the Bills. Where does Tua rank to you guys this coming week? Let's start off with Drew here. For me, Tua, I mean, it it depends on who they get, obviously, week by week, where you evaluate him. Because he can definitely be one of those off and on type quarterbacks where he could have a very dominating week like he did against the Jags in this previous game. Or he can have a very, very shocking week where he's like a, you know, like a QB 30. So it kind of depends on week by week who he plays. But uh, who do they have actually next? They play the Bills next. So my, my thing is against the Bills, he, he's probably going to be towards like the mid-20 QB range as I don't see him dominating against a good Bills defense. So at least that's my evaluation. James, Tua, fantasy relevant rest of the season? Rest of the season's a big question mark, especially being um, in a somewhat competitive AFC East. I will say I do like him against this Bills team more than you'd think. A little quick research on the side here shows that I guess the Bills are apparently horrible against slot wide receivers. So you could have a huge Jalen Waddle game again, where like we saw, he just keeps feeding Jalen Waddle over and over and over again. Okay, let's talk about this guy, Jalen Hurts. So right now, he has been pretty much a locked in quarterback 
five fantasy wise for the entire season. Is this the sell now moment on Jalen Hurts dynasty wise? I know you guys are definitely more involved in dynasty leagues and this is about as good as he's going to get. You, you have to think that the Eagles are looking to upgrade that quarterback position. We've heard Deshaun Watson's name come up in the last week here. Jalen Hurts sell now who wants to take it first. I'll go for this one. I think you have to. I, I think there's no confidence in him from the gun this year. They were already talking about trading, like off of a quarter of a season of this kid. They're talking about moving on from him onto Deshaun Watson, which is very clearly a big upgrade. And Jalen Hurts isn't bad, but he's not necessarily good. <laughs> like you said, he's he's great in fantasy. He's the king of garbage time, but I don't really see it. I think he's just going to end up bouncing around to a bunch of teams, never finding his true home like a sad little puppy and they Eagles will eventually trade some of those fat picks they're going to get and get their quarterback. I'm hundred percent with James here. I mean, he, he's going to be that guy that's going to, you know, bounce from team to team, you know, be like that Ryan Fitzpatrick type player where he, he's not amazing, but you know, he is definitely one of those fantasy type quarterbacks that you would love to have because he just puts up such great point, like a good amount of points and stuff like that. But again, for rest of the season, again, it's a big question mark for him and you know, it depends on what the Eagles want to do if they want to go for Deshaun Watson and use him and stuff like that. But for me personally, I, I think they push for Watson and they're probably top three of being in the voting for him. So fantasy relevance, perfect. Other than that, not the greatest guy in the world. Seeing Mac Jones here in the top 10 has me thinking too dynasty wise. How would you rate the rookie quarterbacks moving forward? Like if you had to rank the top five guys, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Justin Fields moving forward, how would you rank those guys against each other? James, I'll let you take this one up first. It's hard to say right now, or it's hard to say this right now, especially with you know the question marks of who they've had under center, but I'm still taking Trey Lance as my QB one through this. Fantasy football is built for a Trey Lance quarterback. He is, I've heard many people use this term, but he's a cheat code. Like fantasy football was made for quarterbacks to be statues and throw, not to run. So a guy, if you're talking from a fantasy perspective, Trey Lance. From a real life perspective, it's probably Mac Jones and then Trey Lance. They kind of interchange depending on what you're talking about. Trevor Lawrence, I would still slot in at my three. I have lost a lot of faith in Justin Fields, so I'll knock him four. And then Zach Wilson slip and sliding right down off of that preseason high right to my five. We're going real life, so for me, it would definitely be Matt Jones at number one. And then number two would have to definitely be uh, Trey Lance as well, because Trey Lance could definitely develop into something spectacular for the 49ers. Third, uh, it's basically the same list as James. Third would be Trevor Lawrence. Matt Nagy's killed Justin Fields for me, even though I love them here at Ohio State. Unless they can change some kind of formula to actually make them work, it's not going to. So you definitely need to get a coach in there that knows how to play Justin Fields and gets a new system in there. And then obviously fifth is easily Zach Wilson. So, you know, guys, I, I got to say, I appreciate you being so high on Trey Lance. I really need that kind of enthusiasm in my life. I need that positive energy with Trey Lance moving forward. Now for the record, Jimmy Garoppolo has been named the starter this week against Chicago. So as far as current redraft leagues, Trey Lance's value is still on the lower end, but might still be worth rostering, particularly going into this week. Should they, the Niners decide to make any moves, you might be able to pick him up on waivers still to this point as his name has been kind of flying under the radar as a backup the majority of the season. Is dealing with a knee injury, I should add too. Is dealing with a little bit of a knee sprain at the moment. Now, Carson Wentz being a top 10 quarterback does intrigue me because if you look over the last couple of weeks, had 402 yards against the Ravens, had a good passing day against the Texans, 
and then dealt with a monsoon against the Niners and still had a decent day. Now he goes against the Titans this week. The Titans did a great job against the Kansas City Chiefs, but the Titans defense, we didn't really think much of them going into that matchup. Carson Wentz, can he be a top 10 quarterback this week? Rate the optimism. I'm going to give it a one to five scale being one least optimistic, five being very optimistic. Uh, Drew, you take this one up. I'm probably going to go middle of the road here, probably say like a two and a half towards a three. Carson Wentz is just kind of in and out for me as a player. You know, he could put up some great numbers. I mean, we obviously seen that in his Philly days where he can be that stellar MVP type kind of guy. But then I, I just think his injuries just really knocked him down. And my knowledge, you don't have Quentin Nelson right now in your offensive line. He's out injured. And, you know, that's really a huge blow to him. And, you know, you would – you figured you go to a team like Indianapolis who definitely always has one of the best offensive lines in football that could protect a guy like Carson Wentz to, you know, you can get him back to that kind of MVP type caliber player for him being top 10. He's been probably bouncing in and out of the top 10, but for this coming week, I probably put him just outside of the top 10 or at least out inside the top 12. Uh, so five was the most optimistic. Five very optimistic for a finish in the top 10 against the Titans. I, I got to go on the low end. I'm going to give it like a two. I feel like they have something very special in Michael Pittman, but you can only do so much with that. And I think if you limit him, the receivers around him aren't stellar. They have a lot of potential, but they aren't great. So it really just goes right back to let's pound the rock with Jonathan Taylor and just keep running through it. And that should just be their game plan is build off of him and keep going. So I'm going to say... No, I'm going to go with the two on confidence that he finishes back in the top 10. I think it's a run game. Okay. The last big quarterback storyline coming out of the weekend. So Sam Darnold benched this contrary to our podcast a couple weeks ago where we were saying, oh man, look at Sam Darnold. He's over here in the top 10. He's consistently in the top 10 as a fantasy quarterback. Oh, he's on the bench. That's going to be a little bit harder. I don't know if the Panthers will stick with PJ Tucker. It'd be fun if they did, or PJ Walker. I don't know if they'll stick with him, but It'd be fun for me as, after all, the Houston Roughnecks were my XFL team of choice that year. That was that four-game stretch of P.J. Walker was dynamic. So not as dynamic as he was coming into the game. He had a pretty bad stretch. In fact, the Panthers are just the NFC version of the Broncos, as it turned out. Uh, Let's talk about this. Deshaun Watson. Now the Panthers are suddenly involved in it. Which is the most exciting destination for Deshaun to end up? With the Eagles, with the Panthers, or with the Dolphins? That's a tough one, man. That's a very difficult one. We ask the tough Uh, questions here. That is my charges host here. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) I want to say the Eagles, right? Like my gut tells me the Eagles because they have those picks next year, potentially like, what was it, two in the first round are locked and one is right now a second round pick. But they're going to have to hemorrhage some of those picks to get Watson there. I think it's Carolina because I think he automatically elevates Carolina to being a contender again. I think, I mean, offensive weapon-wise are there. Defense, they have a young defense. If you put Watson in that within the next two years, they're pushed, making a deep playoff push. I mean, you give him two instant impact weapons there with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. And then if CMC comes back healthy here in a couple of weeks, uh, then suddenly you're looking at, do I have a top 10 quarterback in Deshaun Watson for the rest of the season? I agree with you. That's probably one of the best places he could end up. When I look at the Eagles, you have Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager. They have a good offense line. They probably have the best offense line out of this group of teams here. There is some upside to be considered there. Nick Sirianni's play calling maybe the downside there. And then you have the 
Dolphins, who when I look at the Dolphins' weapons, Will Fuller might be back from IR, which is a phrase that we've probably said a lot during Will Fuller's career. <laughs> you have Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddles really coming on strong. Mike Kosicki has really come on strong at the tight end position here. Still, the running game has its questions. And then you go defensive head coach with Brian Flores. Their offensive play calling is a little weird. I think I like the Panthers the best out of that mix, too. The more I kind of like talk about it, just kind of like the coaching situations. I like Matt Rule, particularly more as a head coach. And then Joe Brady, I think, can do some good things, easing Deshaun into the season, especially mid-season where this trade would occur. Drew, how do you rank those destinations? Well, I mean, we're going three for three for Carolina here because I, I truly think Carolina would probably be the more better destination. Like like you guys said, better weapons. I mean, you got a better receiving core than probably of the other two. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey, one of the better running backs in the NFL when he can play, is very, very talented as a pass catching back because obviously his 1,000-yard uh, receiving, 1,000-yard rushing season that he hadn't. So I, I think the coaching is better there as well. Everything just sounds better in Carolina than it does anywhere else right now. <laughs> okay. I think that wraps up the quarterback position. Any notable injuries, anything that didn't mention? I should mention Derek Carr is also on bye. If you've been rolling with Derek Carr, so it's Derek Carr and Lamar Jackson are your bye week quarterbacks. Ah, here's one for you guys. Top streamer. Would you rather have Geno Smith against the Jaguars or Trevor Lawrence against the Seahawks? Pass. <laughs> 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 just, just a no okay fair enough <laughs> i i think i my personal pick i would go trevor lawrence in that one just out of the two just trusting geno smith in my lineup would be a little bit harder of a thing a pill to swallow there let's talk about running backs let's start off with the number one running back for the week a guy i am very thankful for as coming into my matchup it was down about 25 points and he provided me about 28 points elvin kamara 20 attempts for 51 yards and not much on the ground there 11 targets, though, 10 receptions, 128 yards, and a touchdown. Far and away, Dorwin's best receiving threat right now that Michael Thomas is not currently in the lineup. Keep an eye out for Michael Thomas here in a couple weeks. DeAndre Swift, number two on the week. 13 attempts, 48 yards. Similar to Kamara, had a better day receiving, though. 10 targets, 8 receptions, 96 yards, and a touchdown. Now, this is just a fun thing, so I'm just going to mention all these guys here in repetition. All the New England Patriots backs. Damian Harris, three, Brandon Bolden, five, J.J. Taylor at 13. All of these guys had top 13 fantasy days against the New York Jets. Starting first with Damian Harris, 106 yards, two touchdowns, two receptions, seven yards. Brandon Bolden, your fifth ranked, six receptions, 79 yards, and a touchdown. And then, you know, again, we don't normally mention the 13th rank, but going just outside of that, J.J. Taylor had 21 yards, two touchdowns, and five yards receiving. Just you talk about just dominance against the Jets. I, I didn't think the Patriots had a 50 burger in them, but all three of these guys, um, we'll, we'll get back to just doing a backfield. I think that's something to talk about there. Uh, let's talk about your boy, Dearness Johnson. Obviously, I hope I don't see too much Dearness because I'm hoping for more Nick Chubb, but Dearness had 146 yards and a touchdown in his uh, first start of the season there. Also added uh, about 22 yards through the air. So just a great performance against the Broncos who were top eight rushing defense. Good on Dearness. It just shows that that Browns backfield, anyone could go in there. Anyone could run with them. Stefanski, Shanahan scheme. It's good for running backs. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, number six running back on the week. So Shanahan system being good for running backs. 170 yards and a touchdown. Disappointed in this performance because it should have been a lot more. He had about 90 rushing yards in the first half and then petered out at 170 yards. With an identical stat line in that game, Jonathan Taylor, 18 attempts, 107 yards, and a touchdown. 
did have a fumble in there, but so slightly lower than Mitchell there. But Jonathan Taylor, Elijah Mitchell, both performing on Sunday night. Uh, Leonard Fournette, 81 yards, a touchdown, two receptions, nine yards. Leonard Fournette has really come on strong in the recent weeks. Uh, absolute locked and loaded running back one moving forward. Khalil Herbert. Now, this is an interesting story, especially when David Montgomery comes back. Khalil Herbert, 100 yards, five receptions, 33 yards. Did it against the number one rush defense in Tampa Bay. So the Bears' backfield is no joke. Uh, Miles Gaskin, I hate this man. I, I really do. <laughs> don't, I hate this don't guy. Don't get me started. Uh, 15 attempts, <laughs> 67 yards, four receptions, 10 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, so basically, he has top 10 fantasy weeks when no one starts him. That's the key. No one starts Miles Gaskin, and that's when he's going to go off. When he is in your starting lineup, expect five carries for five yards. That's about what it's been for Miles Gaskin all year. This is a shock just because he's not number one finally for a week. Derrick Henry, 86 yards on the ground and a passing touchdown. Derrick mm-hmm. Henry just uh, doing it all at this point. Kenyon Drake rounding out your top 12, 69 yards and a touchdown. Raiders are running pretty well with uh, currently John Gruden gone. Uh, Josh Jacobs actually finished his running back 14 also on the week. Uh, really doing a good day on the Philadelphia Eagles there. Um, let's start with the New England backfield. Let's talk there. I'm going to expect some good information here coming out of the New England area code here. Gotcha. Damian Harris seems like the only one you can really trust for certain. Ramondre Stevenson was a scratch, just a healthy scratch in this game. But who is that second back? out of the New England backfield. Obviously, James White went down for the year. Is it Brandon Bolden? Is that someone I could count on in my flex if I have to in a 14-team league? I don't know if you can necessarily count on him as a flex. I think it's very situational. But like you said, Damian Harris is the bell cow. Damian Harris is the closest thing they've had to a bell cow since like Corey Dillon. So he's going to get a majority, a lion's share of those touches. Brandon Bolden, it's just going to kind of be these sporadic weeks of just like high spikes and then super low lows. That's how Josh McDaniels just runs things. He is very good at switching things up and very bad at everything else. I do actually like JJ Taylor a lot. I think he's really shifty. I think he has unbelievable like agility side to side, but him and Bolden, have some really bad fumble issues. So you could see either one of them swapped out. I honestly, also on the same note, don't know what's going on with Ramondre Stevenson. I was very excited for him to go to the Patriots, actually, for my boys. And I I don't know what these healthy scratches are about. I don't know if there's some issues with him and Belichick, but no one knows. I think it just all comes back to just Patriots fuckery with their backfill, because (laughs) when you just think about the situation for... Many a years. The fact that Brandon Bolden still exists in the NFL to this point is pure Belichick at his peakness. Because, <laughs> I mean, Brandon Bolden's just been stealing touchdowns from fantasy owners for years. Now he's at least really a fantasy option, which is the crazy part. That's, I think, the first time in his career he's been a legitimate fantasy option. Most of the time, he's just in there just to ruin fantasy owners' days. You know, I'd consider him. I'd at least have him on bench because he, at least he seems to have a role in the passing game. And if he could take on just a bit of that James White type role, I I like that. Um, I just need some touches because we know how beat up the running back position has been throughout the season. Um, I I know uh, personally, I've had to pick up Brandon Bolden in a couple of weeks. It just, if your running backs get beat up, like running back position has been this year, you just kind of have to deal with it. Uh, Let's go to uh, your guy's boy here, Dearness though. Let's talk about him. What type of role do you think the Browns will have for him? Is he really just going to go back to just being nothing on the Browns bench? Because, I mean, clearly he's shown that he's got a little bit in the tank there. You know, you figure Kareem Hunt's going to be out a couple more weeks. Nick Chubb's probably coming back this week. What do you think that share is going to be in touches between the both of them? 
I mean, for me at least, for okay, so from what I've heard, at least here in Cleveland by all the reporters and stuff, Nick Chubb is practicing tomorrow for sure, and they're going to see how he's going to go. So if he can go all for the rest of the week, then he's a go for Sunday. I think you're going to see kind of an even split between like what they do usually with uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, uh, but I think you're going to see even more of an even split because I know they give a little bit more to whoever is doing the best that day. I can see more maybe going to Dearness Johnson because I think they want to try and settle in Nick Chubb a little bit and get him back into the field. So I think Dearness might get a few more of the carries and a little bit more of the workload. But if Nick Chubb can actually just go out there and just be himself and stuff like that, then obviously Nick Chubb is going to be the go-to guy, especially for you, Juju, who just picked him up. I I would still start him no matter what because he is a dominating kind of player. Even with a few touches, he can still get 100 yards. I mean, that's just who he is. But I I can still see Dearness Johnson getting quite a bit like he did this past week. So I can see some Dearness Johnson in the future starting maybe a flex spot for Dearness here. James? Yeah, I think Drew's right. I could see about like a a 60-40 in favor of uh, Johnson. In favor of Johnson? Yeah. I think no in favor of Johnson. I think they're gonna like I think they're gonna ease Chubb in. I don't think they're gonna go crazy. I see what you're saying. Oh, that didn't feel good to say. That didn't feel right. East Chubb, right? Yeah. (laughs) 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 Phrasing. I just think you see him, or I see, think you see words, see Stefanski using the hot hand and Durnest and let him rock against, I think we're Pittsburgh this week. It's the Pittsburgh week. Oh my God. Uh, Yeah. I I think it's Dearness Johnson getting the majority of the workload this week. Okay. Speaking of how the backfield is going to be distributed, David Montgomery should be back here in a couple of weeks. How do you tell Khalil Herbert, who's been one of the best things on the Bears team, to just go back to being quietly on the bench when David Montgomery's back. What type of split are we thinking here? Are we thinking 50-50 or are they getting a 60-40 kind of like what you guys are going with in Cleveland? I got to go a little bit deeper. I think it'll be like a 70-30 for Montgomery. I think you'll see him used a lot. I think you'll see Herbert used a lot more in the passing game. But if you have a guy like Montgomery, like you got to use him. You got to just rock with him because that's kind of what the back he is. He's just going to crush through. He can also be used in the receiving game. I'm not negating that in any way. But you do have something very special in Khalil Herbert. Okay, I need you to rant here. I need you to rage. We're, we're going to talk Miles Gaskin here. What, what, what do we do with this, man? They go against Buffalo next week. Are you starting him? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Juju. Malcolm Brown know. is hurt, too. I should add. Malcolm Brown is hurt, so that helps. Sure, you would assume, but then like out of nowhere, Ahmed is going to come out and have like a 20-point performance. So who knows? Who knows what they're going to do with Miles Gaskin? Because I drafted him being like, oh, this is going to be like a good situation for him. Like he's going to have a great year. (laughs) Nothing but dookie and heartbreak. (laughs) Um, Okay, let's see here. What's another situation to talk about? Ah, Miles Sanders. The Miles together have just been ruining fantasy seasons (laughs) all around. Uh, Miles Sanders is going to be week to week with a low end ankle sprain. So at least not a high ankle sprain. I guess there's that, but I mean, the question was, were you able to start Miles Sanders and get any fantasy production with him anyway? Uh, Drew in this backfield, who do you like more Kenneth Gainwell or Boston Scott? I mean, personally, I have Kenneth Gainwell in my dynasty league. And I would like to see more of Kenneth Gainwell. Um, I didn't think he had too bad of a performance. Obviously, he was playing time with Boston Scott and Boston. Uh, they both had had a touchdown. Jesus, I can't speak words either. They both had a touchdown apiece. So, honestly, I, again, this is probably going to be a more of an even split between the two, I believe, uh, depending on how Philly likes to run things. Obviously, you got to think Jalen Hurts is going to get some of these carries as well. But – 
for me personally, I do like Gainwell a little bit more. I feel like he's more of like a punch you in the mouth type running back, like a Nick Chubb, like Derrick Henry, and like a lot of these big guys like David Montgomery. So I, I do kind of like Kenneth Gainwell just a little bit better than Boston Scott. And I guess closing out these committees here, closing out running backs pretty much, uh, Alex Collins, uh, where do you rank him moving forward as it looks like we're going to be out Chris Carson's a couple more weeks and this offense for Seattle looked anemic in their, you know, Geno Smith performance on Monday night. I'm pushing Alex Collins down. I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, I know, I think this Chris Carson injury is a lot more serious than they're letting on. It's a, he's a running back injury. It's a neck injury. Yeah. Like you're not going to rush him back into that. That being said, he obviously got the usage. He got the attempts. I don't know what Rashad Penny was doing out there. Multiple times I saw him do that whole, like run 12 yards to only gain five. I do love uh, their second year player, DJ Dallas, who they have sitting there. I wrote a thing about him like last year, thinking like he was like a good dynasty stash. Hasn't had any opportunity to show up and play. I would put him deep down my list, though. I'm, I'm not even rostering Alex Collins. Let's move into wide receivers then, gentlemen. Let's start off at the top with your number one wide receiver on the year, your number one wide receiver on the week, Mr. Cooper Cup, 13 targets, 10 receptions, 156 yards, and two touchdowns. Just continually going to those breakfasts with Matthew Stafford, and it is paying off for Cooper Cup. Jamar Chase at wide receiver two. This guy, talk about rookie explosion season. Jamar Chase has just been on fire. Set an all-time mark for rookie receiving yards through the first seven games in his career. Ten targets, eight receptions, 201 yards, and a touchdown against the Baltimore Ravens. Mike Evans, 10 targets, six receptions, 176 yards, and three touchdowns. I hope you didn't have to go against him this week. Um, I think the Bears would agree with you. Mike Evans had a huge performance. A.J. Brown is back, I think. At least he looks like he's back. Eight receptions, 133 yards, and a touchdown. A.J. Brown starting to really come into his own, coming off that hamstring injury, the offseason surgeries, taking advantage of Julio being a little bit worse for the air. A.J. Brown is having a rebound performance. Terry McLaurin at wide receiver five, seven receptions, 122 yards, and a touchdown. Now, I was seeing some news that Ryan Fitzpatrick could be coming back at some point. If so, I think that might be a benefit to Terry McLaurin. So keep an eye on that, the Washington quarterback situation. Hell, who knows? They might want to put their name into that uh, Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Chris Godwin at six, 11 targets, eight receptions, 111 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, So two Tampa Bay wide receivers within your top six, taking advantage of the fact that Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski were both out this week. Michael Pittman at seven, four receptions, 105 yards, and a big touchdown at the end against the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday night. Right behind him, Debo Samuel, seven receptions, 100 yards, and a touchdown. Debo did lose a fumble in this game, but Debo is taking up about 44% of 49ers targets this year. So talk about a target share you love. At nine, this one uh, personally affected one of our members of the Slump Buster group chat, uh, Eris Blakenly. DK Metcalf, two receptions, 96 yards, and a touchdown. A very humble day, but one that was good enough to win a fantasy week there. Devontae Adams, six receptions, 76 yards, and a touchdown. Marquise Brown, five receptions, 80 yards, and a touchdown. And DeAndre Hopkins rounding it out. Revenge game against the Houston Texans, seven receptions, 53 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, The first storyline I think to talk about is going to be Devontae Adams, probably not going to play on Thursday night football. Ellen Lazard is not going to play on Thursday night football. Who is going to be the main beneficiary in this uh, 
Green Bay Packers offense. I mean, he has to throw it to someone. Is this uh, where Robert Tunyon just has a all-world 200-yard type game? Who's going to step up? Randall Cobb? Is that the only guy that you can start this week? I think so, honestly. I mean, I'm looking right now to see if uh, Valdez Scantling is back, but I think he is still out if i'm yeah he's still on ir i know that for a fact so really i think it's just like randall cobb Cobb. equinemius st brown i think is still on that team equinemius st brown is that a guy that we're picking up here i mean don't forget they also have that rookie they drafted amari rogers for a reason but i mean that's Mm -hmm. kind of the randall cobb role so i don't understand where he would even fit in so (laughs) go equinemius i guess i wouldn't but i don't know i think this is another (laughs) matchup i'm kind of avoiding altogether I guess this isn't necessarily in regards to running backs, but I guess Aaron Rodgers bench Aaron Rodgers against the Cardinals on Thursday night. No, because the Cardinals have such a bad secondary. It's it's really a thing. They have like some good pieces, but the the NFC West is awful. But they have a good pass rush, and pass rushes have been one of the things that affected Aaron Rodgers in recent years. I think some of his worst fantasy days have come against teams that could really put him on the move, and now he has no one to throw to. I'm going to say I'm avoiding Aaron Rodgers. Okay. I think you have to. I mean, literally, he's throwing to guys that they're going to pick up off the street. He's going to go to the next local Kmart and see if he could get a bagger to catch passes from him this weekend. Who was that <laughs> uh, a couple the years ago? Belichick. Ah, yeah. Well, Carson Wentz thing. Uh, you know, who was he throwing to that was literally that situation a couple of years ago? God, I forget the name. That tells you how bad the Eagles passing situation was. But that's what the <laughs> yeah. Packers have this weekend. That's what the Packers are legitimately looking at. I guess Equinemia St. Brown, that's a, that's all you got really if you're the Packers. So uh, we'll see. Devontae Adams, they did say that he was going to continually get tested every day, whatever they got to do. I don't know. He maybe have to take some uh, horse pills or something, I guess, and he'll be good. Got the Rona. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about some other situations here in the top 12. Uh, so DK Metcalf, I mean, I, I told you he finishes the top 12 wide receiver, but he did only catch two passes. DK, uh, what range of wide receiver do you think he's falling into with Geno Smith? I mean, he's got him for another couple of weeks. Hell, I mean, Tyler I mean, Lockett is non-existent on here too, I should add. Yeah, but I feel like that's kind of typical Tyler Lockett though in fantasy where he goes off the first like four weeks, five weeks, and then he just has a big dump off and he just, he gives everything to DK Metcalf anyway, so I mean, I feel like that's typical Tyler Lockett fantasy anyways every year. So, but DK, I, I, even though he still had two catches, he still had a big day with 97 yards and, you know, a touchdown. So I don't think he's completely out of it. I think he's still a big star for you because he could still, he's still going to get those targets. Thing is, it's just Geno, it's Geno Smith All and five he has them? to find DK Metcalf first. Yeah, that's the thing. All five of them, that's the <laughs> targets we're talking about. <laughs> That is that. Can you have a wide receiver one with five targets? I mean, if you can translate one of those to an 84 yard touchdown, yeah, why not? I I guess, but who the Seahawks have this week? I I guess that's the question. Who are the Seahawks playing? They are going against the Jaguars. Okay. Well, you know, in fairness, I guess (laughs) I'm wrong. You're starting your guys against the Jaguars. You might even have to start Tyler Lockett (laughs) against the Jaguars. But moving forward, it is concerning that both these guys aren't seeing the work you know you'd like to see a list a little higher target volume julio jones is he on your bench firmly at this point he's had a bad season now he's dealing with a hamstring injury that kind of hampered him in this last game he played but he was dealing with a hamstring injury he hasn't really had a good performance all year julio jones anyone have any confidence in him 
No. I don't know what Drew feels about it, but I'm, I've been avoiding him. I, I wasn't confident with him coming into a whole new system either, but any bit of him I have had, I've used him as like a flex. Even then, like not a confident yeah. flex. Yeah, I believe I have him in the uh, – I think I, we have him in the um, caster league, and I, I'm honestly just thinking about just either throwing him in a flex or just dumping him onto the bench. I mean, I, I just – he's just been a very frustrating guy this year, like injuries and not getting the passing and not getting the catches and the targets and that anything like that i mean he's just been non-relevant for tennessee who is the best giants wide receiver because i'm looking at wide receiver 17 here and i'm seeing dante pettis coming out of nowhere that's a name for the past from a niners fan here five receptions <laughs> 39 yards and a touchdown also had 16 yards passing as well so i guess we the key is we should have tried dante at quarterback a couple times and got a little bit out of him so much for a quarterback guru kyle shanahan uh, no, Dante Pettis uh, finishing his <laughs> wide receiver 17. Um, Kenny Galladay has been out. Darius Slayton's been banged up all year. Kadarius Tony has been banged up the last couple weeks. Is Dante Pettis at least someone you could stream, I guess? I don't know if I can do that confidently either. Honestly, I think the Giants are another team right now that I'm avoiding. If your name isn't, and this is weird to say with him being injured the past few weeks, but if your name isn't Saquon Barkley, you don't have a spot on my lineup if you're a Giant. Well, Devontae Booker, he's probably where people are going to like the range of running backs that we've been reduced to, especially coming off last week's bye weeks. Like you kind of were hamstring to have to put Devontae Booker in your lineup either way. Yeah, and that's valid. I mean, Daniel Jones had a good spike earlier this year too, but not enough for me to confidently run him every single week. Daniel Jones plays the Chiefs on Monday. (laughs) Is Daniel Jones a top 10 quarterback this week? I mean, with (laughs) with really nothing though. It's the Chiefs, man. I have some Chiefs numbers on my phone. They're like 30th in points allowed, 30th in yards allowed, all those numbers here. Either way, it's bad. We know how bad the Chiefs defense is, and he has had top 10 fantasy performances earlier in the year. He's had top five, top three fantasy performances earlier in the year. I mean, if he can go for another 95-yard run without tripping over himself, then sure. (laughs) (laughs) What if I told you Kadarius Toney is healthy um, and maybe they get Galladay back? then I would give a little bit of confidence, but. Yeah. I'm just saying that's someone to put on your radar. If you're looking for a Lamar Jackson replacement this week, Daniel Jones against the Chiefs, I think is definitely one that you could consider. You're not wrong. That's just such a weird statement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Actually, I, hey, hey, Lamar Jackson versus Vanilla Vic. Give me Vanilla Vic any day against the Chiefs. I should mind you. Any day that involves <laughs> Vanilla Vic facing the Chiefs. That, that's the caveat there. <laughs> Oh, Khalif Raymond. What about him? <laughs> wide receiver one for the Lions. Is that a guy that's a wide receiver two to three of the rest of the year? Finishes wide receiver know. 14 on the week. I know. I don't know about rest of the year. They've, they've rotated through so many names. Like we, we saw Quintez Cephas, which has such an interesting name. Uh, <laughs> start off the year is kind of the hot hand. And then, you know, Hawk had his run as being like the lead pass catcher. And then once again, I think the only reliable piece is DeAndre Swift. Go back to the running backs, the receiving backs. I'm happy to play him, but I'm that's a, like a matchup based, like, like you said, like streaming. Are we benching or cutting Tyler Boyd with Higgins back? Uh, that's a, I think so, honestly. You think so what? I just think so. <laughs> <laughs> they refuse to answer said question. I mean, I, I think that if you're not in a deeper league, let's say you're in a 10-team league, he's a cut. 
If you're in a 14 team league, he's a bench. I think that's about where you are with Tyrod Boyd because I mean, as long as Higgins is out there, as long as Jamar Chase is out there, Boyd is just not getting any looks. And then you just have CJ Uzama just having performances out of nowhere. Yeah. And then you're getting a lot of wide receivers back. We had a lot of wide receivers on that week seven bye uh, that kind of made people a little desperate at that position. So yeah, I think it's just hard to have Tyler Boyd in your lineup at this point when he's getting like three targets. We, we said it, we've talked about this guy a lot. Um, if you haven't already cut Allen Robinson, there is just no need to keep doing that to yourself at this so point. Sad. I think he's like, I don't know. I, 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 where did he finish? He's not even my top 50 here, Allen Robinson this week. Uh, he's been like outside the top 50 for multiple weeks out of this year, outside the top 60, outside the top 80. Yeah, Alan Robinson, just cut him because you don't know when that blow-up performance is going to be. If you have the ability to predict that, then you might as well just get your job as a profit moving forward on like network television. That's your best-case scenario when it comes to predicting Alan Robinson. We'll see how that affects him coming on a contract year. I guess another Browns question here, uh, Jarvis Landry rest of the season. Uh, where's your confidence meter in him? Because I think Odell Beckham Jr., cut him too. Yeah, you can confidently cut OBJ. I'll take the lead on this one and pass it over to Drew, but I don't know what is going on with Jarvis. This is a dude who played most of his career. Like, I think until last year, he didn't miss a game, like even through Miami, and then got like in close contact with COVID. And now I don't even know because he started off with that injury, comes back, hurts his shoulder. I'm not super confident in Jarvis for the long term. Um, I do think they have pieces I like. Um, obviously, my big one I've been touting is Donovan Peoples Jones, but. I would say just keep him on your bench, use him as a stream if you need, but just mind those injuries because that is tough. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think with injuries concerning, um, definitely you can keep him on their bench, just kind of stream him to see how week by week he goes. Like James said, I mean, you got Peoples Jones. I mean, you got Richard Higgins, who's solid enough. Uh, again, you still have, you know, your tight ends, you still have. Austin Hooper, uh, David Njoku, Harrison Bryant, all three are very good tight ends. So, I mean, there's some receiving options there that you can use in your flex for an extra kind of like tight end flex or whatever you need. But other than that, I mean, it's just tough to trust with injuries concerning. So, yeah, particularly at that quarterback position, too. Though I will add, I think Case a couple years ago was really good at elevating Thielen and Diggs. Maybe if yeah. that Vikings version of Case is in the lineup. We'll see how that affects those moving forward. I think he's the type of guy that likes to just target his big name. So that's at least some confidence for Landry moving forward. I think I forgot to mention that Marquise Brown was the wide receiver 11. I think I might have skipped over that. He's on bye week, though, this week. Uh, Marquise Brown, Rashad Bateman, uh, they're both on bye. Of course, uh, the Raiders wide receivers, uh, if you were starting Hunter Renfro or Henry Rice III, still hanging on to hope with Brian Edwards. He's on bye. And then running back wise, of course, Josh Jacobs out, Kenyon Drake out. And then if you were desperation playing any of the Ravens running backs, uh, Devontae Freeman, Latavius Murray, or Le'Veon Bell, those guys are all out this week. Just because it was National Tight End Day, I'm actually going to read out the top 12 tight ends here. Not necessarily their stat lines, but where they finish. CJ Uzama at one, Kyle Pitts at two, Mike Gasicki at three, Foster Moreau stepping in for Darren Waller at four, Zach Ertz in his first performance with the Arizona Cardinals finishing at five, Robert Tanyan at six, and Robert Tanyan, we mentioned that name earlier, he might be all Aaron Rodgers has to throw to on Thursday, so who knows, it might be a good guy to actually just throw out just really for a dependable target. Number seven, Dallas Goddard, Mo Alley-Cox at eight, uh, Travis Kelsey at nine, Michael Pruitt, 
10, Hunter Henry 11, four straight weeks with a touchdown for Hunter Henry should add. And then Ricky Sills Jones at 12. Okay. So, you know, that's your tight end list there. Um, biggest things I'll say is I think Kyle Pitts might be tight end two rest of the season at this point. Um, when you look at just where the tight end position is, he might be battling it out with Darren Waller, but it seems like the Falcons are really starting to utilize him more. Zach Ertz um, might have some boom bust type fantasy performances moving forward because it's just so hard to cover him on this Cardinals offense when you have so many different things to deal with. I mean, he was wide open on his touchdown there. And Mo Alley Cox, I mean, no, no, we'll see. I mean, I, I think that they should give him more love, if anything, just because he has a really cool name. Yeah. <laughs> Any added things on National Tight End Day, which I'm really sad, by the way, that it's National Tight End Day and George Kittle was hurt. I feel like those two things Aww. should not go together, even though George Kittle being hurt is pretty par for the course at this point. I was going to say, is that even a shock at this point anymore? <laughs> Nothing shocks me anymore. I'm, I'm, it, my life is misery and sadness. Um, <laughs> on, on that note, it's good to see that they're finally using Kyle Pitts like he's supposed to, like a true like like X receiver instead of a tight end. Like he's closer to Julio Jones than he is to Hayden Hurst. Mike Kosicki, I mean, Mike Kosicki might battle him out for wide receiver or tight end too as well. I mean, Mike Kosicki has got like eight plus targets over the next few weeks. I kind of wonder how that would go if uh, Deshaun was out. If Deshaun actually uses tight ends, I don't know. Be okay. We'll see. I mean, <laughs> that that whole situation is that. Uh, quick note on DSTs, you know, widely available DST, the Cincinnati Bengals. You know who the Cincinnati Bengals are facing this week? The New York Jets with a backup quarterback. So if you were ever going to put a lot of fab on a DST, this might be the week, guys. Uh <laughs> Any other like uh, DST options standing out to you potentially to stream? Maybe just off a toss Seattle against Jacksonville. I know a lot of people have given up on that secondary, but maybe they have that bounce back game against Jacksonville. I think you're right though. I think Cincinnati versus the Jets is the most favorable matchup you got out there. You're obviously you can't pick up the Rams to go against the Texans. I don't know. Maybe the Lions against the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles are ah, the Eagles still so many late points, but the Eagles have looked so bad recently too and the lions at least are you know they're a scrappy team respect to the lions i really wanted them to win that one and then jared goff reminded everyone why he was traded away from matthew stafford in the first place with that late pick <laughs> uh, kicker news uh by the way will lutz uh got marked out rest of the year so if anyone was thinking i'm gonna go pick up will lutz later in the season uh out for the rest of the season so quick note there all right well um i guess that does it gentlemen uh, james Thank you for joining us. I know coming in a day of mourning after your humiliating defeat at the hands of the Slump Buster team here takes a big man there. So James, we appreciate you. Go ahead and plug away, sir. Uh, but let's know what you're working on. Pain, uh, pure pain, agony. Uh, no, yeah. Thank you for having us on. It's always a pleasure to come on here. Uh, you can find us and me everywhere at Boda Sports, B-O-T-A Sports. Um, you can find all of our podcasts that way too, by searching on any platform We're on TikTok, we're doing YouTube content now somewhat, and just anywhere social media exists, we're Boda sports. We're there. All right. This week you have a bounce back. I mean, you guys got Warzone sports network, drew, you got burst your bubble. I got McConnell. We're coming for you. Roto bros. We got you. <laughs> all right. <laughs> drew Hagenbaugh, Juju Tai sports, James, really hard to pronounce last name. James from Boda. Check him out. At Slump Buster Podcast on IG, at Slump Buster Pod on Twitter, at Slump Buster Pod on TikTok. 
Uh, leave a five-star review for us on iTunes if you're listening to this on iTunes. Leave a like on this video if you're watching this on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel as we push towards 2,000 subscribers. Big channel announcement. We are officially eligible for the paid partner program, so that's really cool. So thank you all if you're a current subscriber. If you're not a subscriber, get with it because we've got a lot of great content coming your way. Stay safe, happy, and healthy, and we'll see you next time.